Welcome back inside the home office and welcome to this week's edition of NEC Women's Basketball on the Run. I'm Craig D'Amico. With a Super Sunday this past weekend, there was only one night of NEC Women's Basketball action this past week. So a slim down schedule, only one night of basketball to cover, but not a slim down show. Still plenty to talk about here today. We had a Friday night under the lights for all teams except for SFU. They're currently in the middle of a 12-day recess from league play. But we had four big matchups, including the Connecticut State Collision. We had an ESPNU national TV game. We'll recap it all coming up on today's show we'll also look ahead to this week's slate we'll pick the top stars and we have maybe the the biggest guest that we've had all season she's the reigning defending player of the year rookie of the year defensive player of the year only a matter of time before she stopped by nicira Pryor from the sacred heart pioneers will be our guest here on this week's show all that coming up but first let's catch you up to speed on this past week's top headlines we start with our three-point shot and headline number one we start with the Connecticut State Collision, the first of two regular season meetings this year between the Connecticut Interstate rivals Sacred Heart and Central Connecticut State. The Pioneers had won nine of their last ten against the Blue Devils, and it was a game we talked about last week featuring the league's top two leading scorers. Samora Watson coming in averaging just over 18 points per game. Nysera Pryor coming in averaging just over 17 points per game. And Pryor came in looking to make history. She came in with exactly 986 career points, just 14 shy of 1,000 for her career. The Pioneers were looking to improve to 9-1 in conference play. They didn't get to 9-1 a year ago because after an 8-1 start, they lost their 10th game to Central Connecticut. And on the other side, the Blue Devils were looking to even their conference mark at 5-5 through 10 league games. They hadn't been 500 or better through 10 conference games since 2017. So let's get you to the action. Sacred Heart and Central Connecticut. Sacred Heart held a slim one-point lead at halftime, 29 28 and right out of the half Samora Watson hit a floater to give Central their first lead of the game 30 to 29 and they would lead by as many as four in the third quarter before Nysera Pryor made her history a jumper from the free throw line midway through the third what crossed her over that 1000 point plateau and we'll have more on that coming up in just a little bit. But that bucket not only was one for the history books, it also sparked an 8-1 run for Sacred Heart in that game to finish the third quarter. Sacred Heart would then finish the quarter up by three. They would lead 40-37 to going into the fourth. So that bucket by prior, not just big for history, but helped spark a run for Sacred Heart to put them up going into the final 10 minutes. Now, seven times in the fourth quarter, the Blue Devils, got a score to pull within one point of the lead. And all seven times, they just couldn't get the ensuing stop and score to put them back in front. Sacred Heart, they would be able to hold the lead. They would go on to win their sixth straight, and they would be the very first to reserve a seat at the 2024 NEC playoff table. They defeat Central Connecticut 58-53, to go to 9-1 and one in league play and clinch a spot in the NEC tournament. Sacred Heart, they were picked as the preseason favorite, and they have very much looked like the preseason favorite. The thing is, and we'll talk about this with Nysera Pryor coming up later on in the show, they can't win the title now. It's only mid-February. So uh, as great as they looked, they can't look ahead. They have to stay in the present. I've We've talked with Coach Minetti about that. 
um, earlier in the year at Media Day and prior to our TV game when we had them against Merrimack at the beginning of conference play. She said she's talked with the team about it in preseason. She's been preparing her players for this journey where they know they're going to be the favorites and they're going to have the bullseye on their back. They're going to get everyone's best game every single night. But they're, they're a team that is very cognizant of staying in the moment, not looking down the road. Keep improving yourselves possession by possession. And they've very much done that. And this is a big example of it here in this game. Now, we talked about Nysera Pryor and the history. She became the fastest in Sacred Heart history and the third fastest in league history to reach 1,000 career points. She did in her 57th career game. She also recorded her ninth double-double with 27 points, 13 rebounds on her history-making night. And by the way, 11 of those 27 points came in the fourth quarter. We talked about how seven times Central got to within a point, and all seven times Sacred Heart was able to get a bucket to keep the lead. Well, a lot of those buckets were because of Nysera Pryor. 11 of her 27 in the fourth quarter to help Sacred Heart never give up their advantage. Now, credit to Central, they didn't make it easy for Sacred Heart by any means. They held the Pioneers to just 58 points. Great defensive effort. The second fewest uh, points scored against the conference opponent this year for Sacred Heart. Now, the Pios have won their previous five games before taking on the Blue Devils by an average of about 20 points margin of victory. So Central, I mean... It's tough to say they should feel good about a loss, but Central played tough. And again, they will see uh, a Sacred Heart coming up again in New Britain a week from Saturday. So we'll see what happens the second time around. Samora Watson led the way for the Blue Devils with 16 points. Now for headline number two, we go to the Bogota Savings Bank Center on the banks of the Hackensack to check in with the NEC's second hottest team right now, believe it or not. It's Coach Gately's FDU Knights. We saw them in their prior matchup eight days earlier, claiming their first road win on ESPN Plus against LIU. And now here they were back at home for a second straight national TV game on ESPNU against the Wagner Seahawks. And for the second straight game, Abby Conklin, former guest of the program, one of FDU's leading scorers, got off to a slow start shooting the basketball. Uncharacteristic back-to-back uh, -back games for Abby Conklin having this much of a struggle from the floor. But for the second straight game, with Conklin going through her struggles, fellow senior guard Abigail Babori picked up the slack. She had a career high 18 points on six for 13 shooting. She was three for nine from behind the arc and 11 of Babori's points were in the first half, helping FDU lead by 10 at the break. The Knights would go on to win 62 to 53. Lily Park, Will, Wilma Sorensen, Park, good shooter, a lot of great size. Coach Gately really likes her upside going forward. Got off to a, a slow, slow start shooting just like she did against LIU, but she ended up in double-figure scoring. And William, Wilma Sorensen talked with Coach Gately a couple of weeks ago. She's really impressed and excited for the future potential for, for Sorensen on the team. Both she figured in, she finished in double figures scoring as well. FDU made seven threes in this game. Meanwhile, Wagner was held to 0 for 9 
from downtown. So the three-point arc, a big difference in this victory for FDU. Now, we talk about FDU's defense. When Abby Conklin was a guest on the show a couple of weeks ago, she said the key for FDU, the thing that hasn't changed, is the defense. Take a look at these numbers. FDU, since Coach Shamiwa came in in 2020, they were third in the league in 2020 in scoring defense, allowing 60 points per game. 2021, number one in the league, allowing 58 points per game. 2022, number one in the league, averaging 57 points per game allowed. Last year, number one in the league, 53 points per game allowed. Right now, currently, they're second in the league in scoring defense, 62 points per game allowed. So we had a third place in 2020, three straight years leading the league in scoring defense, and right, th right now, this year, they're currently in second. How about field goal percentage defense? 2020, they were third, allowing teams to shoot 38%. 2021, also third at 39%. 2022, they moved up to second, uh, allowing opponents to shoot 28%. And last year, they finished number one in the league, uh, allowing a 37% shooting percentage. Currently, they're second in the league with a 40%. Uh, field goal percentage defense. So whether it's scoring D, field goal percentage D, they've been on top of it the last five seasons, including this year, going back to 2020. So defense has been a staple. It's led to the recent success, currently leading the way again. Again, they held Wagner to 0 for 9 from downtown in this particular game. And with this defense, FDU, they've won two straight, five of their last six. We mentioned they just got the win on ESPN Plus a, a while back against LIU. Now they're going to be taking on LIU again, this time at home, before heading out to Loretta to face off with St. Francis. Both those games coming up this weekend. So let's go to our final story here in our headlines. Let's see how things stand as we uh, get to the final third of the regular season, if you will. Sacred Heart is at the moment in sole possession of first place at nine and one, the lone team at the moment to have officially punched their ticket into the NEC tournament for the 24th time in 25 seasons in the Northeast conference. Sacred heart is going to the tournament. They've been in it every year, except for the pandemic shortened tournament back in 2021. Uh, they've won six in a row. And as we mentioned before, show really no signs of slowing down. Lemoyne, the Dolphins, a game back of the Pioneers at 8-2. and two. The Dolphins are looking to possibly maybe reach 10 wins if they can sweep this upcoming weekend. They would clinch a spot in their first ever NEC tournament. They could also clinch a first-round home playoff game by the end of the weekend if all things go their way. Lemoyne defeated Stonehill 72-51 to in their lone game last week and a matchup between the NEC's two newest programs. A game back or a game and a half back of Lemoyne is FDU. They're next at six and three. They've won five of their last six. As we mentioned, they're a game and a half back of Lemoyne. They hold a two and a half game lead over for a top four spot. Again, top four seeds get home games in the NEC tournament, which with home court advantage, as we've highlighted on this show this year, for some reason being more important than any year in recent memory. Merrimack currently holding on to the number four spot. They are five and five, one game better than Central Connecticut. Central and Merrimack have split their two games this year. Wagner is three and six, currently sitting in sixth place. And then there is a fascinating race at the bottom of the standings with LIU, St. Francis, Stonehill, all three and seven. Remember, 
Nine teams are currently in the league, but only eight teams get to go to the NEC tournament. So that means one team will be the odd team left out, and you do not want to be that team. So every game from top to bottom is going to be important as we get to the final third of the regular season here down the stretch. Time now for the heat check. We take a look at the top three stars from this past week in NEC action. We start at number three with Abigail Babore from the FDU Knights. The FDU senior guard shows up in our top three this week. We mentioned last week that it was the first time she scored in double figures in back-to-back -back games in her career. So she enjoyed doing it so much, she hasn't stopped scoring in double figures since. Four straight games now for Babori in double-figure scoring, including a career-high 18 points, eight rebounds, with three threes, and FDU's win on ESPNU over Wagner. Babori is averaging 14.3 points per game over these last four outings or last two weekends. Our second star of the week is Kaylee Thomas, Kiki from the Merrimack Warriors. Now, we know Thomas missed all of non-conference play due to injury, but she came back. The NEC opener off the bench against Sacred Heart worked her way back into the starting lineup not too long after that. And now in just 10 games of work, she has three 20-point performances, including 24 points this past weekend against LIU with four three balls. Her 16.1 point per game average is almost five points better than last year and currently has her third best in scoring in league play. And our top star of the week, no surprise, it's Nysera Pryor from Sacred Heart. Lil Mama was on a mission last Friday night against the Blue Devils. 27 points, 13 rebounds, 5 assists, and 3 steals. And with a third quarter jumper from the free throw line, she cemented her status in history as the fastest player to reach 1,000 career points in the Sacred Heart record books, doing it in her 57th career game she had 11 of the points coming clutch in the fourth quarter and we mentioned four times when central got to within a single point in the fourth quarter prior followed up with a clutch basket so four of the seven times central got to within a point in the fourth quarter prior was the one four of those times that made the clutch basket she's second in the league right now in scoring averaging 17.8 points per game and she's top 10 in the nation in steals per game so nicera prior a double double a 1000th career point as clutch of a fourth quarter as we've seen this year she's our top star of the week she's also our special guest we're coming up right now in this week's open mic it's time for the nec open mic and really it was only a matter of time before my guest today stopped by she is the reigning and defending player of the year rookie of the year defensive player of the year tournament mvp the newest member of the 1000 point club i could keep listing her accomplishments but i know everybody wants to hear from her it's nicera prior nicera welcome back to the show thank you for having me i'm glad to be back now, let's start with the most recent of all those accomplishments, the 1,000 points this past week uh, in, in 57 career games, one of the fastest in league history to reach that mark. So how special is that for you, and how difficult is that to do? Uh, hey, not a lot of people get to do this in four years, so I'm just grateful for the opportunity to, you know, have the ball in my hands and, you know, score at a high rate. Um, I, like I said, I'm very grateful, highly favored by God, so I'm just very grateful for the opportunity. Now, out of all the thousand points, I'm going to put you on the spot. Are there any of those thousand points that kind of stand out as your favorite points, a favorite basket or a favorite play during that oh, stretch? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, well, we could talk about the championship game last year uh, when I hit the step up uh, jump shot to uh, 
uh, actually make the lead go to seven at that point. Um, and then another bucket that I had when I um, spent and I uh, made the layup in Stanford in the NCAA tournament, they were kind of like my two favorite scores that I that I really enjoy, you know, going back and watching. Big baskets on the biggest stage. Do, do you remember your first points way back when, that first game that you played last year? Yes, actually, it was against, a, I think, a D3 team, I want to say. Uh, I had, it was like the beginning of the game, like not even five seconds into the first the first um, game, and I just went around and laid the ball up uh, like a floater almost, and then I, I scored my first my, my first college point, so that was an amazing and and now and now here we are, and obviously a lot more still to come. I, I want to go back to the championship game. The, the one thing that stood out to me, I remember you were in the post-game press conference, me and the media, you just won, and you were already talking about, you know, hey, I got to get in during the summer. I got to improve the three. I got to work with the coaches. I got to get in the gym. And I'm standing there thinking, like, this season's not even over yet. And you're already thinking yeah. ahead to, to, to next year. So how did those off-season improvements go, and how did you kind of compare yourself mid-February last year to mid-February now this year? Uh, I think I'm playing, you know, better basketball. You know, I'm becoming more of a, a better leader. You know, last year I was a freshman. This year I really got my feet wet into that that leadership role. So that was my biggest thing, you know, working with my coaches on, you know, uh, leading my team in a better way than not just, just scoring, you know, really locking down on my defense. Um, Like I said, you know, the three is still something that needs to be work, worked on. But um, I, I really don't be shooting the ball like that, but I really still should continue to, continue to, you know, have that confidence within myself and shoot the ball at a, at a high rate. Just give defenses something else to think about, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Now, I, I I know they don't hand out the trophies in February. They don't put up banners here in February. But the team right now is in a great place, you know, picked as the favorites. And here you are, first place, a lot of depth, a lot of positives uh, pointing to Sacred Heart, maybe becoming the eighth repeat champion in NEC women's basketball history. But that can't happen right now. So what are the challenges that the team's currently kind of focusing on to not look at that big picture at the end of the road and kind of go possession by possession and still improve here in the moment? Yeah, our biggest thing is, you know, to stay focused, you know, foot on the gas, you know, we're going to give it, everybody's going to give us their best game. You know, everybody, we have that target on our back. Last year, we was the ones that were hunting other people. And now we are the ones that are being hunted. So we just want to continue to have that foot on the gas, you know, uh, not overlook any of the teams that are in the NEC that we still have to play. And, um, you know, continue to do the things that make us great. Now, I, I, switching gears, I kind of want to get into talking about education with you because I'm an educator. I know you've talked about getting into education. Your mom is a teacher. So wh where did that interest of kind of getting into education and the importance of working with kids and, and the excitement for that, where did that kind of come from? Uh, so at first I wanted to be a doctor. I always told my dad I wanted to be a doctor. But um, as I got older, I started to see that uh, education is very important for the future of, you know, our society. And um, I just want to, you know, make a difference in someone's life. Like my mom, she's a teacher, but uh, and she's in a Baltimore City, you know, system. And uh, not a lot of people make a difference in, in that, you know, community. But I want to be one of those who make the difference in the community and be that person for someone else. Now, I saw over the summer on Sacred Heart social media did a great uh, summer backpack giveaway in your community. It looked like, you know, a great reception, a lot of a great turnout there. So what, what did that kind of mean? What was that day like to kind of be able to give back to your community like that? Yeah, it was a lot of emotions. You know, um, I was very proud of myself and I know my community was proud of me as well. Um, I always want to, you know, give back to my community the same way someone gave back to me. And um, like I said, I, I want to do that for 
years to come. You know, that's not just one thing. Uh, but I just I just feel like that was very important for my community. And I actually live in that area. So it was just an amazing experience to do. We had over 400 and something book bags given away, free food, wow. moon bounces. And uh, I had an amazing time, though. It was a it was a great turnout. I, I know the kid, the kids had a lot, probably had a lot of fun, but I'm sure you had a lot of fun doing it yeah. as well. So it kind of worked out both ways. Yeah. Um, now, I, the other thing I wanted to ask, you know, over the summer, NCAA women's basketball came and toured around the Sacred Heart campus. And we we joked last year, oh, does Nasir have a shelf big enough for all their trophies? And they actually went to your crib and we actually got to see the shelf where you have all your trophies. But the question I have, is it big enough for any more trophies? Like if you get trophies this year, will you oh. need to get a bigger shelf? Uh, yes, definitely. Uh, and these are only just a little bit of my trophies that I have gotten over the years of playing basketball, but I, I need a bigger case. You know, uh, the more I keep uh, grinding and keep, you know, my foot on the gas, the more the accomplishments will come. So I got to I got to plan for a bigger uh, shelf eventually. <laughs> Now, again, keeping things in the moment, you, the team is off on Thursday, but hosting Wagner for senior day coming up on Saturday afternoon. So what might be some keys for that next game coming up against the Seahawks? Uh, like I said, Wagner is a very aggressive team. They're a very good team. So like we said, we don't want to overlook anyone. We want to, uh, you know, stop them in transition. That's really one of their best games is in transition and, you know, play our game. We don't, like we said, we don't want to overlook nobody. So we're going to have that foot on the gas and, and play our game, you know, go to our strengths. Looking forward to it. And, and we're going to finish here with the final five questions, some quick hitters. Nice. So just give us the first thing that comes to mind. All right. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Favorite snack junk food? Mm, I love cookies. Or, or like a tasty cake. Uh, the, okay. That's my favorite, yeah. Uh, fa best dance moves on the team besides yourself? Ooh, I would have to go with uh, Big Sierra. Yeah. Okay, okay. Now, we saw in that, uh, in that crib tour that you had a great sneaker collection. So what's your favorite shoe that you have? Oh, I just got these new Jordans. I got the uh, Jordan Force, Ooh. the Midnight ones. So that that's one of my favorites that I like to wear. Okay, new edition. Uh, what would you rather have? Because Valentine's Day is coming out right after this. This uh, will come out on social media. So what would you rather have? A hundred roses or a hundred chocolates? A uh, hundred roses. I like Ooh. roses. Um, I'm not really a chocolate fan. So a uh, hundred roses is, is something that I would, I would like. Yeah. Okay. And last, uh, finish this sentence, Sacred Heart repeats as champion this year if? If we play our best basketball. Certainly doing that right now. We'll see if that can uh, keep things going. Be sure to check out Nicira and the Pioneers Saturday, February 17th, 2 p.m. against Wagner on NEC Front Row. Nicira, thanks so much for taking time to join us today. Thank you for having me. Be sure to check out the full episode of NEC Women's Basketball on the run, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Always great to talk with Lil Mama, Nysera Pryor, our special guest on this week's show. And we mentioned the history. She's currently one of four active members in the Northeast Conference right now who are in the 1,000-point club. Ashley Austin, Jamie DeCesare, her teammates, Ajada Bonner, and then, of course, Nysera Pryor just joining the list this past week. Belle Lamfer, she's only 16 points away from joining that club. So there could be a new member learning the handshake and, you know, the special uh, all the special privileges that you get for the 1000 point club, all that uh, she's 16 points away. So we could get a new member as soon as this upcoming weekend, but back to Nysera prior for this week's stat chat 
On Friday night, she became the fastest player in Sacred Heart history, third fastest in league history to get to the 1,000-point milestone. She did it in her 57th game. St. Francis's Jess Kovach scored her 1,000-point 10 games earlier in her 47th career game. Wagner's Jasmine Nawaje got it in her 50th career game. So Kovach in four years and Nawaje in three years, both of them would go on to be two of the top scorers all time in league history. Kovach and Nawaje, the only two to hit 1,000 points faster than the newest member of the 1,000 point club, at least as of this recording, Nysira Pryor. That's the subject of this week's stat chat. So here we go. Most teams are down to their final six games of the season. It's mid-February basketball. Every game, the stakes are as high as we make the push towards the madness of March. Three and a half weeks left in the regular season. So let's take a look at what's coming up this weekend on tap. We start on Thursday, St. Francis back in action, ending that 12-day sabbatical since they last took the court they will be taking on Wagner. The red flash back in action for the first time since February the 3rd, a 61-56 home win over the LIU Sharks. They're taking on a Wagner team who they defeated back in the conference opener at the beginning of January by 10, 64-54. Destiny Ward led the way with 19 points in that game for the flash. The St. Francis win ended a six-game skid against the Seahawks. It was their first win over Wagner since March of 2019. Now they're looking to sweep the Seahawks this year. Wagner, though, 3-2 and two at home this year, 0-4 on the road. So we'll see if the Seahawks can use the home court of the Spiro Center to their advantage on Thursday night. Also, we have Stonehill taking on Merrimack, a Massachusetts matchup. As Merrimack, they've won five of their last seven. They're looking to hold down a top-four spot. In the standings, they defeated Stonehill by 12 back on January the 21st. Part of that winning five of their last seven run. Uh, on the other side, Stonehill, as we mentioned earlier during our headlines, they're in a battle right now to try to avoid being the last team left out uh, in the playoff picture. They're in the battle for one of those final couple spots right now in the NEC standings. So lots of playoff implications in this one. I do want to remind everybody, though, last year, February was Merrimack's time. They went 8-1 in February last year, propelled them all the way to the NEC semifinals. This year, they're 1-1 one one in February, so we'll see if this is their time here in 2024. LeMoyne, they will be in action against Central Connecticut. The Dolphins won 57-44 in Syracuse back on January the 19th. LaToya Baker had 17 points, 15 rebounds in that game. And as we just mentioned during Stat Chat, this game could feature some history as Bell Lamfer enters only 16 points shy of becoming the fifth active player in the NEC as a member of the 1,000-point club. And finally, on Thursday night, we have F LIU and FDU. They just met in Brooklyn two weeks ago on NEC TV. It was FDU's first road win of the season, 59-56. They're meeting for the second time in two weeks. In that game, FDU got off to a slow start. But despite their first half struggles, they still managed to lead the Sharks at halftime. Now they would go on to lead in the second half by 13. LIU went on a 13-0 run to tie the game, but FDU won it on a clutch Babori three late. We'll see if FDU learns some lessons from that, how to close out the game if they have a lead on the Sharks again in the second half this time around. 
At the time, FDU led by LIU by just one game in the standings for a top four spot. Now, after winning five of their last six, the Knights actually have opened up a four-game edge over the Sharks in the standings. So a big game for LIU to try to get themselves back in the playoff race. Now we turn our attention to Saturday. LeMoyne taking on Stonehill. The Dolphins with a sweep of the weekend against Central and Stonehill on the road. They can reach 10 conference wins and officially lock up a trip to the NEC tournament. The league's two newest schools face off for the second time in eight days. LeMoyne won by 21 points just last week. Also, we will see FDU on the road at St. Francis. We'll see if the Knights can start a road winning streak. They uh, hadn't won a road game all year until they went to Brooklyn. And now their first road game since. Can they make it two in a row away from home? They beat St. Francis by 10 in New Jersey back on January the 15th. Merrimack will be at LIU second meeting of these two teams in the last eight days. Merrimack won by 17 in North Andover last week and Wagner will be at Sacred Heart. The Pioneers lone game of the weekend. They're off on Thursday. They play on Saturday. They're looking to start 10 and one for the first time since the 2012 season. Sacred Heart has won their last six games by an average margin of victory of 17 points, a dominant stretch that all started with an 83-63 20-point win over Wagner back on January 21st. Sacred Heart has won their last four meetings against the Seahawks, and it'll be a celebratory occasion. They will be celebrating Senior Day at the Pitt Center on Saturday, honoring their senior class. It's their final Saturday home game of the regular season, so Sacred Heart will be celebrating their Senior Day with their lone matchup of the weekend against the Wagner Seahawks. Now that'll do it for this week's show. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. And we'll see you right back here next week to make sense of it all, or at least try to. I'm Craig D'Amico, and this has been NEC Women's Basketball on the Run.